Hello and welcome to the ETOF 21 Sports Podcast for March 1st. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF 21 Sports. Absolutely loaded episode for you today. My boy Brandon's going to come on. We're going to talk some NASCAR, share our picks for the Las Vegas race. Plus, my boy David, a.k.a. Better DP 21. Him and I are going to talk about Saturday's college basketball slate and each of our two best bets. But before we get into all that, I want to say thank you to the sponsor of the show, Parlay Play. If you're not using Parlay Play, you're really missing out. Go to your app store, download the Parlay Play Parlay Play app. Use promo code NFL Betting Blitz for a hundred percent deposit match. Absolutely love that app. In my eyes, it is way better than all the competitors. Now, before we jump into the episode, I just just have to say I am struggling here. My voice is back. If you watch Tuesday. The Utah 2-1 Sports Show, I apologize. I was coughing. I had cough drops in my mouth. I had a tornado going on in the background, so we we're losing power. I apologize. I really do. That was bad. Hopefully, it never happens again. But hey, look, I have a voice. I'm not coughing. We're headed in the right direction. Um, in terms of last week, episode was a little light. I apologize for that. Nephew's birthday. And, oh, my God. You want to talk about a place? Woo. What? went to this place called Craig's Cruisers in Grand Rapids, Michigan. This place is like Chuck E. Cheese on steroids. Oh my God. If you have kids, go to Craig's Cruisers, dude. That's all I'm going to say. I, as an adult, had fun playing laser tag and the go-karting. But you guys aren't here to listen to me talk about that. You're here to talk some sports, win some sports bets. So without further ado, let's jump right into it and let's see what Brandon has a cooking for us in terms of NASCAR this week. We have reached the part of the podcast where we're talking some NASCAR and who better to come on than Brandon, a.k.a. Boston Boy 83. Brandon, how you doing today? Doing good, man. Looking to we, we hit early on, had a couple dry weeks close, looking to just get back back to that cash. We were very I mean, I was on Kyle last week. Lost by a hair. Um, don't get me started on, on that. Uh, Wallace would have maintained and pushed. I think he would have went, right? He think, I think he would have ran it, but he had no support lost by a hair hit. Um, what was the head to head? I hit Busher over Byron hit and son of a gun. If chase Briscoe does just doesn't go ape shit in the middle of the, <laughs> of the track, I would have hit Aunt Hamlin over, uh, Byron. So, okay. Week for me. I want to ask you, though, one of the drivers made a statement, I can't wait till we're done with speedways. Do you think with how many wrecks we've seen the first two weeks to start the season, do you think we're going to see them kind of cut these out, not have multiple races at Daytona, Talladega, and Atlanta? No, you won't see it. Um, it's frustrating for the drivers that get in the wreck. But when you look at TV ratings, you look at fans – they want to see those styles of races. They're fun to really, really watch. I get from a driver's standpoint because two weeks in a row on iRacing in my first season in the Cup Series, I've been caught up in two big wrecks, and I'm just ready for the plate racing to be over with because it is a train, and you got to get in line, and your destiny is not in your own hands. At any point in time of the race, it's just mm -hmm. avoiding a wreck, and – I feel for the drivers that have been caught up in them, and now they're ready to go where there's talent. Because I'm not saying anybody's bad in NASCAR, but when you got Todd Gilliland leading 30 laps at Atlanta, 
Like that, that tells you right there, it's anybody's game and it's not just pure talent. Now we're going to Las Vegas this weekend. How does Las Vegas track differ from the Atlanta track? It It's going to push a lot more. They're going to almost be able to start in a train like you would see at Atlanta and you would see at Daytona, but they'll start spacing out because the tire wear is much different than the other tracks. So you're going to see a lot of guys trying to conserve tire. So you'll see them space out. Drafting will happen, but it's not going to be a big thing. And I think by the end of the race, you'll see the guys trying to run that high line, which you'll see in a couple of my picks why I've got some people that like that high line. Now, I have four picks. You have four picks. Why don't you start us out, man? What's the first driver you like, my friend? Kyle Busch, 12-1, to home track, raced good last week, was racing good at Daytona for a while. Um, You probably got the historic numbers better, but he loves the track. He's good at the track. Hometown, I like grabbing hometown drivers, and to start the year, he's doing well. So 12-1, to Kyle Busch. Yeah, I got Kyle Busch, 12-1 to as well. Best average – Best average finish here at this track among active drivers. Last seven races here, six top tens. Worst finish in that stretch was 14. In the next gen car, these are his finishes three, 14, three, and four. This track, in my eyes, also very similar to Kansas. The last Kansas race, he raced seventh. I'm going to take Kyle Bush at 12 to one as well. Where are we going to, my friend? Uh, Tyler Reddick. Another, this is his style of a track to where the lines change. If it does get up to the wall, which, again, it, we'll see what happens. I feel it's going to be that style of a race. He's also sitting at 12-1. to 1. He loves the high line. We talk about it all the time with that guy that he loves riding the wall. So that's ultimately historically here. Good. Nothing spectacular. But I like Tyler Reddick in uh, – at Las Vegas. I like it. I like Reddick too. Still time to put futures on him to win the cup. I think he's going to be one hosting the, hosting the cup at the end of the year. My next one. Now, I'm taking a swing here. I'm taking Bowman at 22 to 1. Ooh. Last three races here. Okay. All the next gen car. Because I feel like right now we need, kind of need to separate yep. next gen and before. Agreed. Last three races here, all the next-gen car. He missed one of the races because he was injured. He finished 35th last race, but he was in an accident. The two before that, a third and a win at Las Vegas. He just has raced a lot better here in the next-gen car. You look at all of his – he had 10 races at this track before the next-gen car. He had two top 10s. Now in the next-gen car, three races, two top tens. The one of them he didn't, he got in a crash. Races similar to Kansas. His last three races at Kansas, 10, 4th, and ninth. I think because of that 35th 35th place finish last year, I think he's a little bit um, underpriced. So I'm going to take Bowman here at uh, 22 to 1. I like that. I'm uh, going to go back to my homer pick. I'm going to ride this for a while while the odds are sitting here consistently is I'm going with Chase. There's nothing this year that says anything and nothing last year. He's been caught up in, in wrecks in both races. Um, 14 to one. I just, we've gone on this, what now? Probably four or five years. And 
it's always been seven to one, six to one, eight to one. You get to a road course, 350, all that. I'm sitting here looking at Las Vegas at 14 to one, and I'm waiting for that breakthrough. We did this a couple years ago with Blaney, and we we're able to hit on him a few times. Like he's due. So I'm going to ride that he's due for a while while I see the odds at 14 to one for Chase Elliott. I hope he doesn't do it here because my next bet, I'm going Ross Chastain over Chase Elliott. If Chastain, he him, yeah. Chastain, seventh best finish at this track, Elliott, 15th best finish. Elliott in the next gen car here, 32nd, 21st, and 9th, zero laps led. And those results are with no accidents. So there's no, no shenanigans, no I didn't finish, no I got spun out stuff with those results. Chastain, he's got four races here because Elliott missed one of them last year. Five, 12, second, and third. He won segments in all the in, in those races and combined led over a hundred laps. I think this is another guy that we're getting at a discounted price. He's ran very good to start the year, historically good at this track. So I'm gonna take him over Elliott, just in a nice little head to head. Yeah, I love how you threw that in right after I picked Chase. I, I greatly appreciate the positivity for anybody listening and wanting to take my bet. But it's, it's all it's all funny. It's all good. Um, I got a long shot driver that I'm probably going to throw out in multiple weeks. I love seeing this big of an odd. He uh, is a rookie. He raced some cups, cup races last year. He's in the number four. It's Josh Berry, 250 to one. He does not have the statistics to go for in the next gen car, but when he filled in last year for chase, he, he raced great in the nine car. So I just, while I see a guy like that in a Stuart Haas piece of equipment in that four car with that big of an odd, I'm going to grab him. And that, that, you know how I like to do my long shots. It's just, it's more of a feeling than anything, but 250 to one for a Stuart Haas driver, who's been, good in a next gen car while filling in i like it yeah um that's big eric 250 for somebody driving harvick's car like yeah that's insane i think he only has one i think he only has i think he raced here once for elliot last year i think so as well so you know Good car, knows how the track runs. So yeah, I kind of like that. I think he's worth worth a shot. My last one, and I'm going another head to head. For me, it's always going to be a couple, couple win bets, and I'm going to be looking to take these head to heads or ten to ones, or sorry, top tens. I'm taking Kozlowski over Logano. Kozlowski eighth best average finish compared to Logano's thirteenth best average finish. Logano did win here in 2022, but let's take that one out, and he's really struggled here. And in that, you mentioned Todd Gillian and how Todd Gillian led 11, uh, sorry, 30 laps in Atlanta. Well, the race that Logano won here, he led 32. So I, it was one of those, like, freaky race-type things that he won. Wasn't a dominant performance, but was able to gut out a win. Um, So you take out that finish his finishes here the next gen car 12 36 and 14 so nothing to really write home around flip side brad 14 17 17 24 
and he led yeah. more laps in last year's race here that he should have won. Correct. Then Logano did when he won the race in his one. Also, um, Brad, he runs pretty good at intermediate tracks. I think we're getting Logano. Look, Logano's got his stuff that he's really good at, but I don't think this track in Las Vegas is one of them, so I'm going to take a stand against them, so I'm going to take Kozlowski over Logano. I'm going to add one while we're at it because I just – yeah, I just looked at Josh Berry's career stats in the cup car. He's got 12 races, and he's got uh, one, two, three, four, four top tens then a 15th and an 18th, and then you're looking 25th, 27th. Out of 12 total races, he's plus 525 for a top 10. That's worth it. So I like that. If you guys aren't looking to do like this big 250 win the race type odd, fine. But I really like Josh Berry in the top 10 at 525. How do you feel um... – about Larson. Larson is an insane four, plus 400 to this race. I think he's very overpriced here. Yes, I don't understand that. With this new car, you can the racing is so different. Now, if we were in the old car going to Vegas, Larson would absolutely be one of my picks. But for what I'm seeing this year and just how all over the place everything is with every driver, I'm not grabbing one of these quote-unquote favorites unless it's a road course. That that's honestly where I'm at right now. Now, so you'd only play Larson at a road course. Am I understanding that correctly? Then my a favorite like that, like okay. right now, when you see that low of an odd for a quote unquote quote favorite, I, I can't do that unless it's at a road course. But I, I personally wouldn't play Larson this weekend. Right, now so- the, the I will. Uh, sorry, the flip side of that, me and you know Larson can go out and win any single week, no matter what track it is. He's that good. But it's just the odds aren't high enough for me on that. So we're going to start doing this. We're going to share the screen real quick. And we're going to be pulling up the prize pick. This is always kind of fun. Um, prize pick is offering starting position. So I'm just going to read these off. We got to get two of them. If you hear one of them you like, just kind of stop me. Larson, four and a half over under. Logano, five and a half. Bell, five and a half. Byron, five and a half. Byron. Byron, is he going to be over or under the five and a half position? And when you say, so if it's over, like I think he's going to start in the top five. So then he'd be less, that he'd be under. Yes. So you're saying Byron under five and a half. Uh, Kyle Bush, six and a half. Reddick, seven and a half. Truex, Chastain are both eight and a half. Blaney, nine and a half. Chase, ten and a half. Bubba, twelve and a half. Alex Bowman, fourteen and a half. Which two I of like, these would play together? I like Alex less than. Less than Alex. Okay. Or Bubba less than. Because he's been consistently good in qualifying. Okay. Well, I mean, if you guys are listening, you want to watch, you can, you want to watch, you want to do it, you can do Byron under five and a half, Bubba under 12 and a half, and Alex Bowman under 
the 14 and a half guys. Price picks has this stuff. If you're not using that, I suggest you start using it. Last week, they actually had um, fantasy points. So they had fantasy points, which was actually kind of nice. Brandon, why do you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, how you did in your last race Tuesday night, and when your next race is, my friend? Uh, Boston Boy 83, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter. Uh, we wrecked out again in Vegas. We were getting ready to come to Pit Road. Caution came out. And there was a bunch of smoke and a car at the bottom of the track. And historically, they say go where the smoke is because the car shouldn't be there anymore. And there's a car just parked right in the middle of the track oh. toward my right front. So two weeks in a row. They weren't DNS. They just weren't good finishes. So on to Vegas, getting ready to regroup. It will be Tuesday night. I'll post the link. Eric will post the link. And uh, see if we can just kind of turn this page a little bit. I'll be there, my friend. Hopefully you can get it done. And hopefully you can cash some winners. And uh, we'll talk next week, my friend. Awesome. Good luck, everybody. Thanks, Eric. Make sure to give my boy Brandon a follow at BostonBoy83. Now let's shift our attention over to some college basketball and welcome David, a.k.a. Better DP 21 to the show. We have reached the part of the podcast where you're talking some basketball, namely college basketball today. And my boy David, a.k.a. Better DP 21, is come on. David, how are you doing today, my man? Doing well, man. Friday. Looking forward to the weekend. It's beautiful here in Denver, so I can't wait to get outside. I'm going to be golfing for the weekend tomorrow uh, out on the course with one of my boys and uh, just – Soaking up the sun, man. Just going to be outside. It's going to be nice. So let me ask you this, dude. Because we had an insane, like, two days here in Chicago in February where it was in the 70s. Yep. Did you guys get that crazy little weather front where it was, like, in the 70s, 80s out by you? Yes, exactly. Exact same thing. I think it hits us before it hits you. I mean, we kind of have our storms roll your way, right? So, But did you get the tornadoes, though? Because we got tornadoes. I had to seek yeah, shelter, <laughs> not once, but twice. Like, Oh, man. I mean, let me tell you about my Tuesday, dude. Like, coming back here on Tuesday night, I almost hit not one but two deers. Damn. I had no voice. And the tornado sirens went off twice to seek shelter within the span of 45 minutes. Wow. I mean, it was a wow. nice little Tuesday. Nice little Tuesday here at the crib, dude. Nice little Tuesday. That sounds like it. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, dude, it's just another damn paradise. It's gonna be 33 and cold here tomorrow. So you enjoy your golfing, and I'm gonna be hunkered down in my uh, <laughs> abode watching some college hoops. And that's what we're here to talk about. Right. We each have two plays, and one of them we're going head to head. It's always good when we go head to head because we can talk shit. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, David, why don't you go first? What is your first play, my friend? Yeah, so we're going to start with that head-to-head play. We're going to look at the Big Ten. We're going to look at Iowa at Northwestern. Um, so, you know, I, I like this play for myself. I'm taking Northwestern minus two and a half at home. Northwestern is 14-1 and one at home all time this season. They are 8-2 and two against the spread in their last 10 games. My model projects them winning this game by as many as eight points. So I'm showing, obviously, a pretty good margin on the book line right now over that two and a half. Um, <clears throat> not only that, but conversely, Iowa is not a great road team. They are three and eight on the road overall. Their last 10 games, they're three, six, and one against the spread as well. So they haven't been covering, not great on the road. 
I'm looking at it, you know, just from an advantage, you know, statistical perspective here, um, you know, about, you know, the way that I'm looking at this line for myself. And again, just seeing that line pretty low, um, you know, for Northwestern, good, good overall team here. Again, just really like them. I love college teams at home. I mean, I think I say that all the time. I, this is one of those spots for me um, that makes a lot of sense to take the home team here. Uh, also, you know, I, I think I saw something else uh, trend-wise. Um, <clears throat> Northwestern is a team, you know, not only just hitting the spreads, like I just mentioned, 8-2 and two against the spread over the last 10. Money line as well, 19 of the last 29 games, plus 11.4 units, 50% ROI you know, for any betters that have been betting on their team there at home. So really, really like all of, like the way that the stats are showing up for them. I like where this team is right now in form. And so, you know, good form, good stats for myself. I don't really try to overthink it much from there. Uh, give me the two and a half, lay the points on Northwestern at home for myself. So I got Iowa at three. Okay. 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 Now here, here's my counter. Northwestern has no depth, especially now since their starting guard Lindbergh has gone down. This is forcing Smith into the starting role. So you're coming off a very physical game against Maryland, where you had three guys in the starting lineup play 39 minutes, and your bench minutes were 14, five, and 11. So if this team at all gets into foul trouble. They're dead. They were playing a guy last game that was a walk-on. That is a walk-on. Excuse me. That's how depleted they are and how how no, no little depth they have. Maryland shot a robust two for twenty-two on threes, and most of them open looks. With the way that Northwestern plays defense, they do give up a lot of threes, especially some open looks. Their three-game winning streak that teams that they are on teams are shooting 31% from three. I Iowa is a better shooting three-point team. I think we're going to see some, these open looks that Maryland was missing, that the other teams that they played in this win streak were missing. I think we're going to see Iowa knock these down because Iowa does live by the three. Iowa does have some size where they can be physical underneath with Northwestern. I think the depth the shooting regression and the size that's why i like i like iowa mm -hmm. so you know a so little, a little head to head dude i i like the head to head you know i i wanted to make a couple counterpoints here and this is just for you know kind of more better knowledge if you will um you know uh eric mentioned he got it at three right so you know at that point to me if you're going to take Iowa and you're going to be on a team such as Iowa for these reasons, for a team that's only covered the spread in 11 of 32 games, why not take their money line, save yourself the juice, and play the money line on that on that front? That's my question more for you of why you're not playing the money line. What I'm always advocating under a certain point threshold, you know, in all sports, you know, when spread sports are disguised as you know, our money line sports are disguised as spread sports, such as basketball and football. Um, you know, why not save yourself the juice there? If you're that confident team, because teams that are going to win are going to cover, cover and win. So, you know, 
you're you're pay, you're laying more juice in my opinion to just take points here where you could be more profitable in your pocket at that point and you know that's this is kind of where my head goes so i always how i always do it it's i'm always like to you on the on the spread than one you on the money line that's how i okay. always okay. kind of just because if something funky does happen and they don't win I at least have more money on the spread where that way I'm, I'm making money. Fair. Okay. The dude that taught me the stuff I know, that's kind of how he taught me it. So it's kind of just a trend that I've always kind of gone with. I get that. Like, and I, and I, I can see how, I think that's just an old school mentality of looking at it. Right. Yeah. So I'm challenging it a little bit. Right. Because the way that I look at it, like people, when they take those kinds of low level points like that, and I'm talking three, when teams are, likely going to cover that without a problem for a bucket you're basically arguing a bucket a basket there at the end um you know like in my opinion you know i i understand it's a safer bet you know like and, and especially for people that are probably laying larger units I, I mean i i don't blame you there a little bit but you know again i think for the bankroll management aspect and again, I just I called, I kind of could just called it out, right? I was only covered the spread in 11, like 32 games. Like, in my opinion, save yourself the juice. Just just play the money line only. That would be if you're taking Eric's side of the bet here. But clearly, I'm paying juice because I'm taking I'm laying points here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we. I I get what you're saying. It's just an old dog can't be treated can't be treated. Can't be teach new tricks, excuse me. Hoss, and I'm an old dog. I'm, I'm an old dog. I have a trend you for can. you. You can be, you can learn new tricks. We always, I, we're all evolving in our betting strategies. We There's no way you can stay stagnant about certain things in, in, in sports for it. Like, there's just no way. Because there's, the data analytics are catching up too much. I mean, soon enough, we're going to be competing with AI. Like, we're going to be competing on a level of chat GPT and whatever. I mean, all those types of things uh, analytically are going to play into our sports betting. And, you know, we have to find our edges. So my edge in bankroll management is get ahead of the book, which is disguising that money line as a spread to take as a safer bet. Don't lay the juice on there on, on those low of points. And I think we've already seen the AI. I mean, I was talking to someone yesterday. Um, these just, at home slam spots, which I have right. one next, next, my next bet, where we usually leaning plus points, like a plus three, a plus four. These home teams are now the favorite. And yeah. I kind of see we've seen like AI has kind of taken over. And I don't even know if it's AI, but I just think the books are becoming a lot sharper. Um, yep. 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 I have a, Sorry. I, have a I know there's a, I know there's a tangent. I just, you no, know, no I'm, I'm trying to make, no I'm trying no just to kind of help give people perspective out there that maybe only lay points, yeah. you know, and, yeah. you know, just look at it from another angle. Dude, I totally respect you. I get what you're saying. And, you know, I'm going to, it's, we all look at stuff differently. Like, I'm always going to want to come out at the end of the day with a positive ROI. And sure. as soon as, Hypothetically, let's say I did bet Iowa plus Iowa plus one thirty four, one thirty five, one thirty eight, whatever it's going to be. Yep, yep, yep. And Boo Booey hits a buzzer beater layup. <laughs> right. I'm going to be so 
effing fuming at myself for but the, that's the way I think. You know what I mean? Right. I would rather I would rather have it where like okay, well at least I hit that. You know what I mean? Like right. that's yep. that's the way I am. I want something out of this. Yeah. So um, I got you. Cool. I have a mind-boggling trend for you. Okay. Last ten years, UConn on the road against ranked opponents. Straight up. What do you think their record is? On the road against ranked opponents. Straight up on the on the money line? On the money line, last 10 years. Ooh. God, that's gotta be some kind of positive ROI. Yukon? Yeah. Um that's gotta be positive. I don't know. Plus plus fifteen. Well, no, no. Average. What do you think their record is? Just Record. Oh, just record yeah. on the road. Um, God, I don't, I don't love away stats. It's out. It's only on the road, not at home. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm tracking that. That's, I don't know. I'll say fifty percent, sixty percent. Oh, and nineteen. What? Oh, and nineteen. On the road against Brady. I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, man. <laughs> but I mean, like, we have to remember, like, they just lost to Creighton on the road, got embarrassed. They have, Uke, they yes, have they um, you know, Marquette coming up. So that's just a spot. And that's just when it's been that long and that big of a trend, that's something you have you have to look at. Oh, so, yeah. And that's obviously in conference play, the tournament, the tournament doesn't count. Um, Next bet, my friend. Where are you going? Okay. So looking at the Atlantic 10, we're going to go to VCU at Richmond. Um, <clears throat> similar kind of uh, strategy that I take with this, right? So Richmond, looking at their home stats, they are 13-1 and one at home. Man, they own the home court advantage here. Um, again, last 10 games, 8-2 and two against the spread, 7-3. and three. They're covering machine. They, they are covering well at home as well. Obviously, VCU is a very good opponent here as well. I'm, I am not going to, you know, dismiss them whatsoever. Um, again, this book line is sitting at minus two and a half because similarly, uh, I'll get to the, the converse effect on VCU in a second, but my model projects Richmond to win this game as many as seven points, right? So I'm taking almost the exact same perspective that I did with Northwestern in terms of, how these teams are lining up with home court advantage for these two teams. Um, and, as, and as well as just these spots at home, so, you know, for, for a lot of these teams right now looking to get in um, everything of that nature. But so conversely, so those are all my like good stats for Richmond, right? Really good home team doing well against the spread been covering. It's a low uh, book line in terms of margin against my models projected outlook as well. Um, you know, we're looking at about a five and a half point edge, which pretty much a lot of my basketball models, I give anything from three to four points being my, um, you know, bet, no bet kind of mentality uh, of where I'm looking at with these numbers for, you know, anything I'm playing here. But <clears throat> so I got Richmond covering that, you know, by you know a good margin for us to make them a play at home. Conversely, you know, VCU is a, is a decent away, you know, playing team here. Obviously, they're getting two and a half. 
their record on the road is five and two. They're seven and three against their, you know, against the spread in their last 10 as well. So there are some things that line up. Again, I, I weigh home court advantage a lot more um, when it comes to uh, just NCAA basketball and college basketball and the kids in general. I mean, I've, that is where I find my edges when I'm playing a lot of these teams. Um, and, you know, from that perspective, I really like the, uh, the cover play at home for Richmond. I trust my model. You know, again, it's not, it's not something I'm overthinking here uh, in terms of where I go with my plays, but that's, that's my mentality of just kind of where I'm looking at. It's, it's one of the better plays that I see on the board uh, for a very strong Richmond team that's been coming in, um, you know, and doing really well covering the spread. And like I said, even 13 of their last 17 games, if I go deeper at home, um, they've been, you know, positive 8.6 at, at home with a 46% ROI at home. So I really, really like, you know, how those stats lean in favor of Richmond. You know, I could get into some of the offensive defensive things, but I really just kind of keep it you know, at the very um, top level of, you know, how this translates to the book line, to my play of margin. And, uh, and that's, that's how I see that play for, for this weekend as well. I like it. I like it. Um, my last play, staying in the big 10, going up to Madison. Give me the Badgers minus two last five years, road teams that are ranked, that are dogs, 45% against the number. Last two years, that drops down to 37.8% against the number. Wisconsin, I know they're kind of like been struggling, but they've been playing a lot of games on the on the road. They've been very good at home this year. Their two losses at home, they had a 10-point loss to Tennessee at the beginning of the season. Then they had the game in January against Purdue at home where they missed 16 three-pointers. They were over 16 in the second half. That is a shooting regression loss. Shot quality, which is a great site, one of the sites I used, actually graded that as a Wisconsin win. Last seven games, Illinois' defense has been broken. They're giving up 84 points per game to opponents. Michigan was the only team they held under 70 points, and Michigan is brutal. Talk about a team that's completely thrown it in this year. Plus, I think it's a great situational spot to fade Illinois with Purdue on deck. And Wisconsin was in line for a 2-3 seed. Now they're in line. <laughs> now it's it's a reality. They're gonna they're dropping down the, the list. This is kind of this game. They need to get this win, need to get this quad one win, firm up them on that four line. So I'm going to take Wisconsin here, minus two. But this is what I kind of was talking about. I feel a couple years ago, we would have got Wisconsin plus four in this in this spot. Right. And right. now just with how kind of AI sharper the market is, whatever, you know, they're laying points. And I, it's, you know, to me, this is a get it. If this gets up to three and a half, four, this is a stay away, but two, two and a half. I like it. I got it at two. So Wisconsin minus two. Yeah, I, I like it as well. Um, you know, that was, it was actually another game that I was looking at between the big 10 and, and a couple other SEC games and such. But um yeah, I mean, you, you hit on a really a lot of the points. And again, it still goes back to the same mantra that I was looking at, you know, when I made those other two plays earlier, right? I mean, Wisconsin 13 and 2 at home, you know, Illinois 
not a great road team uh, and only four and six against the spread in their last 10 as well. Um, you know, they're, they're not a covering team. They're not covering on the road, not winning on the road. So, you know, I, I definitely like those, those home teams that have a very low line under a bucket or right around a bucket, you know, to, to cover that at home for sure. Um, David, I'd like to prove I'd like to thank you for coming on, talking a little basketball. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on social media, my friend? Appreciate it, man. As always, pleasure to be here. Thank you for talking shop with me. Um, anybody who wants to ever, you know, compare any kind of book lines as they're, you know, setting the lines, uh, please feel free to you know, send me a DM on uh, Twitter, Instagram, betterdp21 handles the same on both accounts, and I'd be happy to kind of talk you through some of my numbers. So appreciate it. Make sure to give my boy David a follow and we'll be back next week talking some more basketball. Make sure to give my boy David, AKA better DP 21 to follow on social media. David knows his stuff. One of the sharpest guys on social media in terms of betting. So please give him a follow. That's it for the podcast this week. Thanks for tuning in guys. I appreciate every single one of you. We are going to be back on Tuesday at the ETOF21 Sports Show. My boy Wade from Wade's Bets is this week's special guest. Make sure to tune that out. Thanks for tuning in for this podcast. Let's make some money. Let's cash some bets. Until next week, boys and girls.